Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the Sunday edition, uh, David Hogg, the man with weenie arms, uh, the man, well, the boy with uh, visions of gun confiscation and uh, social justice with the smallest arms ever. Seriously, skinny girls, little girls make fun of his arms. But he is now deciding who is and isn't a man. <laughs> Whatever, David. Masculinity and you, eh, they don't really go together. Campus Reform has a story about a uh, a cop killer who's now speaking on college campuses about uh, what it's like to be a prisoner of war and to be oppressed. And uh, I don't think he mentions that he's a cold-blooded son-of-a-bitch killer, though. I don't think he mentions that part, but he has some things you need to hear. Uh, also from Campus Reform, there was a free speech warning sign on the Indiana, uh, University of Indiana campus. A warning sign because you might hear freedom of speech? Don't you really hear freedom of speech every time you sit anywhere in public? Someone's talking about something. We need warning signs for freedom of speech now. And again, from Campus Reform, God bless them today. They're doing all the work for me. I'm just flapping my gums about it. The Chicago Maroon editors have apologized for publishing a piece that condemned anti-Semitism. So in other words, if you hate Jews, the Chicago Maroon is sorry that they criticized you. <clears throat> really. More retardation. Party of Chicago Maroon. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. Let us kick this pig, my friends. we go my friends let's start a campus reform with the chicago maroon editors i think the paper might be need night might need to be called chicago moron not chicago maroon but apparently they wrote uh, an editorial uh that condemned or actually they published a piece that condemned anti-semitism so i guess that upset the pro-palestinian trash and their corner of the uh, let's butcher babies and try to kill people and pretend we're on the right side of history um, because we hate Jews and pretty much everybody else, too. Uh, I guess it hurt their little field wings. So the Chicago morons, uh, I'm sorry, the Chicago maroon, they're named after a color. That's pretty moronic. <clears throat> But anyway, there was a student op-ed that condemned anti-Semitism from the University of Chicago's Students for Justice in Palestine, also known as the SJP, also known as the knuckle-dragging idiots, <clears throat> uh, chapter that was removed by the Chicago Maroon. They moved, they removed rather, uh, the, uh, the editorial that condemned the 
uh, University of Chicago students for justice in Palestine, uh, who are too stupid to know they're actually being pro-terror. They're probably legitimately too stupid to realize how how ass backwards and morally repugnant they are and what moral idiots they are. They actually probably don't even realize uh, how evil uh, they are reporting here. Peter Cordy wrote this piece. He wrote a student op-ed condemning anti-Semitism from the University of Chicago's Students for Justice in Palestine was removed by the Chicago Maroon, followed by an apology letter. They apologized. They ought to be apologizing for removing it. They ought to be apologizing about losing all, all sense of having a spine or a sense of decency or a moral code that uh, you know means something. But they published an apology letter by the editor uh, of the editors of the Maroons opinion section, which is called Viewpoints. It actually means only certain viewpoints, apparently. Uh, f- First-year students Benjamin Zabrak and Melody Diaz wrote a now-deleted opinion piece denouncing the SGP chapter's campaign, <coughs> which is called, and this is a really witty name, these are smart people. These pro-Palestinian people, they're, they're absolutely walking brain donors. The, uh, their campaign is called the Don't Take Shitty Zionist Classes, uh, which alleges a pattern of anti-Semitism from the club. Diaz all is also the Jewish on-campus representative for the school. Uh, in the apology letter, the Viewpoints editors claim Zabrak and Diaz used factual inaccuracies to support Zionist and racist sentiments. Well, how about uh, calling Jews Zionist and racist? Isn't that kind of, uh, shall we say, anti-Semitic? How about supporting Palestine? Palestinians want peace. That's what we hear. If they wanted peace, they could have had it for decades now. Stop trying to kill Jews. Live peacefully like the Israelis want to. Like the Israelis have been over backwards to try to do. And by God, when you attack Jewish people and Jewish soldiers to try to slaughter innocent people and they kill you, that's your fault. That's a you problem. Okay? The 20th century was great. Hell, the 19th century was great. Pretty much every century is is better than, greater than the, the mentality level of the century that the Palestinian uh, forces tend to tend to live in, in my opinion. These are people that are deeply, deeply disturbed. Not all Palestinians, of course, but the terrorists. Okay, Hamas, Hezbollah, bad people, terrorists, murderers, cold-blooded murderers. And yeah, if you'd stop attacking Israel... If you get rid of Hamas, guess what? You would not have one bit of a problem with Israel. Just stop attacking them. And yes, Israelis have a right to defend themselves. And if you don't understand that, well, you're probably a pro-Palestinian knucklehead. In the apology letter... The viewpoints editors claims of rocket and Diaz used again factual inaccuracies. <clears throat> and note that they understand the decision to censor the op-ed could be seen as stifling Jewish voices. Here's the deal. The editors at the Maroon understand that if they take this piece out and, and issue this dumb apology, and show they have no spines, no guts, no testicles, no decency. No Jewish people are going to try to blow them up or kill them. Those Palestinian people, though, yeah. Again, stop attacking Jews, stop attacking Israel, and you won't have a problem. And you leftists who, who, who pretend to support Palestine, what are you supporting? Look at the history of the conflict. Israel's never been the aggressor. 
Frankly, I wish Israel would finish it once and for all the next time anything happens. That's the only way they're going to have peace. Total victory, a wipeout Hamas, and let Israel run that section. Okay, let's just take Palestine, take it completely into Israel, and Israel can run things, and that country would have peace. Of course, they'd still uh, continue to be attacked from without because of the terrorist scum that infests much of the Middle East with their ass-backwards ideology, their ass-backwards version of Islam, and their ass-backwards version of what it takes to be a decent human being. The the Israelis, rather, know how to be decent people. It's too bad the Palestinians, on the whole, again, I'm not condemning all Palestinians, but if all Palestinians thought like Israelis do, it would be peace. The editors defend, excuse me, the editors defend that the club calling for a boycott on Zionists and Israel and Israeli fellows is not an attack on Jewish people. Uh, however, the authors of the censored op-ed believe that this was done to isolate and alienate the Jewish population. Again, I don't understand why you, if you have an op-ed section, you're going to have opinion editorial pieces and you're probably going to have pieces that counter each other. That's part of freedom of speech, isn't it? You, you idiots who run the Chicago Maroon. And again, tell the, tell the miscreants, the ones crying and whining, shut up. If, if you want to write a rebuttal, we might print it. But you need to learn that other people have opinions too. It's a problem with the left. They never, ever want to take a firm stand on anything like freedom of speech, like the fact that, yes, the Israelis are in the right in the conflict. In fact, the only people keeping it going are not Israeli. It's Hamas. That, by the way, runs that, uh, that country, the country of, quote, Palestine. And again, they were elected by the people. It's, it's an ugly situation over there. It has been for decades. And it's always going to be because certain elements of the Islamic faith cannot handle the fact that Jews exist, that they breathe, that they have families, that they exist. That's the root of the problem. Period. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, this quote uh, from the piece says the targeting of classes taught specifically by Israeli fellows is xenophobic as Israelis cannot change their nationality. And this post demonizes that nationality by declaring all courses taught by someone affiliated with the nation as propaganda. In other words, it's again, to sum it up in a, a very simple way, it's, it's racist, isn't it? Again, just what I said. The Palestinian side of it, on on the whole, not all, but many of of the folks over there, they don't think Israel should exist. Think about that. How are you going to get along with people like that? You never are. Figured out to, it was cowardly to take the original piece down. And again, the left wing takes a cowardly approach to confronting actual bigotry, actual hatred. Now, if someone were to have misgendered somebody, oh, they'd be in outrage outrage syndrome right now. They would be going full bore, full blast 24-7 about how egregious and evil this is. But condemning the Israeli people because they're Israeli, because they're Jewish, that's okay, somehow. Again, ridiculous, asinine, and... uh, What else do you expect from the left, frankly? And now on to something bigger and better. Free speech warning sign was displayed at the uh, University of Indiana campus. Actually, the uh, a free speech warning sign 
was photographed. It actually posed. I think it was smiling when it was taken. Reportedly on display on campus at Indiana University, excuse me, uh, Purdue University, Indianapolis. <coughs> That's the IUPUI. That's the, the initials of the university. Uh, the sign warned students uh, reading, attention, free speech being expo exercised ahead. Uh, topics could be upsetting to some. Why don't they just be honest? They're, why don't they just be honest? Put a sign that says, hey, uh, woke jackasses. You're going to hear things that might offend you on this campus. If you can't take it, go somewhere else. You know what? We'll we'll uh, unenroll you. Go to some other university. Go be woke somewhere else. But people are speaking their minds here. You might overhear something like that. You might read something like that, and it may hurt your little feelings. So please fuck off. That's what it should say. Excuse the French, but that's what it should say. Every woke person who who starts flapping their gums deserves to hear those two words. Those magical two words. Yes, F-O, and I think you know what that stands for, my friends. Amanda Meyer wrote this. She's the Louisiana campus correspondent, uh, so she's probably a Cajun, which means she's probably okay. A free speech warning sign has been photographed on display reportedly at, again, I-U-P-U-I uh, University. <clears throat> Sounds like a disease. Yeah, I can't come to your party, man. I gotta stay in the house for like the next six months. I got the diagnosed with IUPUI. Yeah, it's doctor said it's kind of rare, but I won't be going out much. Put it that way. Uh, the sign warned students uh, that again, free speech is being exercised ahead, and the topics could upset you. They might hurt your little feelings. The sign also informs students of options. Oh, good Lord. Have we reached Have we reached this level of the pit of stupidity now? <sighs> but it informs students of options to combat. Uh, a, you can engage in a civil manner. <laughs> like the woke people are ever going to be able to do that. A bunch of damn brats. Uh, decline respectfully and continue on. In other words, ignore the speech. Or alter your route now. Maybe they have another sign after that one. Last exit before you may on the freeway of free speech. Exit now if you're a, a snowflake woke little bitch. That's what it should say. That would be perfect. Uh, the photo was shared on the Twitter account of, yes, the libs of TikTok. And there it is, big sign. Get the triangle there with the yellow and the black and the red lettering. Attention! Free speech being exercised ahead. Good Lord. According to the university's equity and inclusion division, Indiana University encourages discussion from a variety of different perspectives and viewpoints on all of its campuses. IU will protect, as far as possible, the physical safety of invited speakers, their supporters, and protesters without regard to their views or the identity of their sponsors. Okay, what else are you supposed to do? You have freedom of speech on your campus, as you should, because the Constitution says you have to. Uh, why wouldn't you protect people? Again, this sign is ridiculous. Warning signs for possible warnings for triggering. How many warning signs will we have in 10 years? There'll be a warning sign every two feet. Literally, you'll be tripping and falling over warning signs. There'll be a warning sign to announce there's a warning sign coming up. And then another warning sign that the sign you just read was a warning sign. If you didn't read it, go back and reread the warning sign and then come back and reread this warning sign. And maybe you'll know that uh, people are speaking their minds or expressing opinions. How asinine is this, my friends? How asinine? Uh, the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education, also known as FIRE, 
has issued Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, yellow light rating for its restrictions on student speech. Uh, Yellow light colleges, if you're wondering, and universities are those institutions with at least one ambiguous policy that too easily encourages administrative abuse and arbitrary application, explains FIRE. So in other words, they're wishy-washy on freedom of speech, freedom of expression. That shouldn't be allowed. How about this? How about if you're a university and you get caught stifling speech, stifling the rights of of protest, whatever, what if your campus is, uh, what if you have to pay a huge fine? Because you got plenty of money, all these big colleges do, because what are they doing? They're taking huge amounts of, of money from the government, student loans for courses that won't get anybody a job ever. And they're living fat on the hog. High on the hog, it used to be called. I never could understand that one when I was a little kid. My aunts, uncles, grandparents, parents would talk about people are living high on the hog. And I was like, what the hell does that even mean? Ah, the five-year-old mind of me. Uh, The Indiana legislature recently banned free speech zones on college campuses. The new law explicitly states that a state educational institution may not, number one, designate an outdoor area on campus as an area where protected expressive activities are prohibited, (coughs) again, because of the Constitution, and also allows a court to award injunctive relief uh, compensatory damages, reasonable court costs, and attorney's fees to an aggrieved student or student organization if the court finds that a violation occurred. That's a lot of words. Is That's the problem with laws. Everything is in legalese now. Sometimes you have to read and reread and reread and reread, and you, about two or three paragraphs in, your head starts to hurt because the legalese is so thick. You, you know what the law says or is supposed to say, but you're reading it going, what in the hell is this? It's like it's written in, uh, I don't know, some some language that you've never, ever studied. It's simple. You go to college, you have a right to freedom of speech. What's so hard about it? What's hard about it is the left has pushed and pushed and pushed to silence any dissent. Except their own voice. When the left is dissenting, it's wonderful. If anyone else dissents against leftism or the tenets of leftism, they can't handle it. They can't stand it. So, if you're at Indiana University, Purdue University, I-L-P-U-I-X-Y-Z, whatever the hell the name of the college is, doesn't matter. Anywhere in America, say what you want to say. And then if anybody gives you any any ration of you-know-what, if you've got the means, hire a private lawyer, uh, go hire fire and sue their asses and make life uncomfortable for the, uh, the new fascists of uh, speech. <laughs> now, here's one thing that, that a lot of universities, um, they don't seem to have a problem giving free speech to some people. If you want to talk about the glories of leftism or or how great a guy Marx was or Lenin, or if you want to celebrate cop killers, then they're okay with it, it seems. Uh, S-U-N-I Brockport audience, Uh, there was a cop killer, and he spoke to this group, this audience, and he said, take any means necessary approach to... I guess how he would define social justice. Uh, Montaquem was his last name. A conversation, the event was called a conversation with Jaleel Montaquem. Montaquem uh, doubled down in a statement to campus reform, stating, apparently you understood the great, uh, the gist of the message I wanted to convey. Now this guy <laughs> uh, killed, slaughtered a police officer in 1971. Why the hell he's speaking to anybody anywhere is is beyond me. Why isn't he rotting in the ground somewhere? People like him who do what he did to a cop, showed him multiple times, I believe 12 times, ought to be 
all of all two have received his quote just reward a long time ago. Uh, but he was invited to speak at SNUI, uh, Brockport, and he claimed that black people are facing genocide in America. Good Lord, the lies, the egregiousness of that lie. No sane, rational person with an IQ of above 42 would believe such a statement. That's how incredibly asinine that statement is. And stated that while he, quote, abhors violence, he loves self-preservation, urging his audience to take action to ensure our survival by any means necessary, and we take nothing off the table. Well, that sounds pretty threatening and violent to me. Sounds like something, uh, I don't know, something someone would say who killed a cop in cold blood. Uh, Mutuquim stated at the event that he understood that uh, the people protesting are hurt, but followed up by rhetorically asking, how are you going to change 400 years of trauma back to the 1619 bullshit? So apparently he learned that in prison, Mr. Cop Killer. Uh, when uh, Campus Reform asked about his statements, the killer doubled down, stating, apparently you understood the gist of the message I wanted to convey. I imagine like many right-wing pundits, you were looking for some kind of score to make. I am confident you will be able to find another controversy to exploit. Be kind to yourself and stay safe. A lot of right-wing nuts out there as you witnessed on 1622, of course, the worst thing ever insurrection, alleged insurrection, it wasn't. So get us the right wing's fault. You're picking on this poor cop killer. This slaughter of innocent human beings who is a vile, despicable waste of human skin is still out there making money and again, garnering attention and praise from certain people in this country for being a vile, despicable waste of skin. And he's, uh, I guess he's, uh, you know, paid his his due to society. Uh, And he's, again, it's all about racism. He's just fighting for social justice, don't you see? He's fighting America, which has been racist and white supremacist for over 400 years now. Even though the country isn't even 250 years old, uh, somehow it's over 400 years old. The cop killer alleged that law enforcement and the media vilified him. Yeah, they kind of do that with people who slaughter police officers and attempted to silence him because they don't want me to yell or to tell you about the history of white supremacy in America. Again, see, it's your fault. He's innocent. All he did was kill a cop. All he did was butcher another human being who was a police officer. That's all he did. That was the only way he could fight back against American and white supremacy. See, he's the victim. Look at him. He's the victim. Give him some money. Give him some money. He's such a poor, tortured soul. Uh, In reporting the events in the lead-up to the event, which was titled History of Black Resistance, U.S. Political Prisoners and Genocide, a conversation with Jalil Muntaquim, Campus Reform spoke to several members of law enforcement and their family who took issue with the event, characterizing him as a Quote, political prisoner. Again, he's a vile waste of human skin who butchered a police officer. <clears throat> now, Muntaquim, that's not his real name. I know America stole his name, too. It's so sad for him. Uh, he was formerly known as Anthony Bottom, as in Bottom of the Barrel. Explained why he believes he is a political prisoner and claimed that he went to jail for fighting against white supremacy and capitalist imperialism. Oh, yeah, that evil capitalism. He told a story about a prison psychiatrist who came by his prison cell to ask how he was doing, to which Montaguim said he replied, I'm in a cell for 23 hours a day for something that I should not be in a cell for at all. Notice he didn't say I didn't do it. Oh, he did it. But he should be rewarded for killing a police officer somehow. 
Uh, he further described his prison sentence as inhumane. Somebody should shoot him as many times as he shot that officer. And, and right before he dies, he should be asked a question. Do you think that was humane? Did it feel humane? Montaguim? Uh, the former Black Part, uh, Panther Party and Black Liberation Army member spoke about his time in the struggle for Black liberation and asserted that he was honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy of resistance. I don't remember MLK ever shooting a cop. Or even uh, saying that was okay. But that's okay. It's not really about MLK anymore. It's about trash like this. He added, uh, additionally claimed that America intentionally creates conditions of poverty for black Americans. So they will have to resort to crime and end up in jail to produce, quote, slave labor and advocated for the abolition of prisons. How about we have a different type of abolition? How about we have abolition for i don't know for people who kill cops why don't we absolve them of living every one of them why don't we have more people getting the death penalty i mean if you do what this guy did and never again you just heard he didn't deny doing it why is he still alive if we're such a horrible country he wouldn't be able to go out there and and make money and speak and share his his perversely evil views. Did he? No. He refutes his own argument by what he's allowed to do in this great country. And uh, again, that sickens me to really to no end, my friend. And it, I think it probably sickens you. This guy is, again, the bottom of the barrel beneath that way beneath that and now on to mr weenie arms himself david hogg on on uh, who is a man and who isn't good lord this will be good and david hogg they uh they wrote about him at bearing arms i believe this would have been uh yesterday <clears throat> i'm sorry two days ago it was on friday and the gentleman writing this, Tom Knighton, I think he was probably like me, probably bemused at, at the things that David Hogg does and says. And if you've ever seen David Hogg, he's a, what, nine, is he 20, 21? I'm not sure how old the little bitch. I mean, the little guy is. But he's always got this these thin lips and they're always pursing this kind of tragic, tragic sight that oh my god we're 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 such unjust guns are everywhere and i'm scared and with his weenie arms i'd be scared too i mean let's face it peewee herman this guy makes peewee herman looks look like uh i don't know jason momoa or somebody he makes uh <laughs> right he makes most women look masculine and he's going to tell us all what men are and what men aren't. Uh, gun control advocate and Parkland kid David Hogg, who that's with two G's, has been on something of a tear. He's been, of course, pushing gun control in the wake of Sacramento, oblivious to the fact that it was actually gang warfare. That's right. Gang warfare at a rap concert with aspiring rappers. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, that killed six people, I believe, wounded 12. And it was two rival gangs or gang bangers or whatever, street trash, uh, got mad at each other because somebody dissed somebody else or God knows what. And they started shooting each other. And a lot of innocent people got hurt. Uh, I hope they arrest everyone involved in that and execute their ass, preferably publicly. Preferably publicly you heard me right i am sick of the thugs i'm sick of the street violence i'm sick of the government not on any level city county state federal not doing a damn thing about it for the most part i'm tired of them tying the hands of cops and law enforcement i am sick of it i am sick of judges and da's who drop charges reduce sentences give them uh, cash bail let them walk free. Bail's unfair. Let them walk out. Then they go and kill somebody else. Why, we couldn't see that coming. 
ridiculous. But back to David Hogg here. Uh, He has decided to do something that, frankly, a lot of gun control nuts, the cult of gun control members, uh, what a lot of them do, they, they have a really, really fun time on some level in their in their twisted minds that gun owners are all a bunch of paranoid fearful little weenie men and that's the only reason they buy a gun the only reason they have guns because they're weak and you're scared and they're terrified and they're irrational and they're on their last brain cell uh david hawk tweeted this back on april the 6th buying a gun does not make you a man It makes you a consumer, a cog in the system, one of millions having their insecurities weaponized for profit. You are being manipulated by marketing agencies because you are weak. Masculinity cannot be purchased. It can only be practiced. A.K.A. there's no, or also he should have added, there is no hope for my weenie arms, are there? The image of this little, little man, this little, shell of a man even mentioning the word masculinity is laughable and I'm not trying to make fun of him because he has some arm condition I don't know what he has maybe he has a terminal case of noodle arms I don't know what what uh, what it is with him but the left has done this the cult of gun control has repeated this over and over and over and over and over that the only reason people buy guns they're scared they're paranoid they're rational and uh you know, that's the only thing that makes them feel like a man. If they couldn't buy a gun, they wouldn't feel like a man. A lot of things make you feel like a man. I speak as a man here. I'm not a woman, and I don't know what they would say. But I bet a lot of women would appreciate men who are willing to take responsibility for their own self-defense and their family's self-defense. Uh, David Hogg doesn't understand that level of masculinity. In fact, he would probably call it toxic masculinity, which basically to the left is men acting like men, you know, saying stupid stuff about each other, criticizing each other, uh, giving each other a hard time, typical guy talk, locker room talk, something of that nature. Uh, But this idea that the only reason anyone would purchase a firearm is what 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 does the left say what is one of their favorite little sarcastic questions they ask they say well uh why you don't need a gun the police are only like a phone call away you're paranoid yes and i don't know how long the police may take see police have other responsibilities believe it or not david hogg and other members of the cult of gun control Every household in the country doesn't have a personal police officer. Doesn't have a personally assigned squad car of two officers that's going to be there within seconds after the phone call to 911. And a lot of people have died before the police could get there. And there's been instances where the response time has become ridiculous because of shortages. Not enough officers on the payroll to do the job. But let me ask you a question, David Hogg. Do, uh, I bet I know the answer, but if I were to ask David Hogg, my friends, if he had a fire extinguisher, he'd probably say yes. If he had a smoke alarm or or a fire alarm, he'd probably say yes. Hell, I don't remember the last time I was in a house or, or trailer or anything else that didn't have a smoke alarm. I'd say, you know, the fire department's only a phone call away, David. Why are you so paranoid? Why are you just propping up the industrial complex, the the fire extinguisher industrial complex that's just nothing but evil capitalism and greed? Literally, the fire department's a phone call away. Yeah, and I'm going to call the, fo- the fire department if ever house I'm in catches on fire. I'm also going to get my ass out. I'm not going to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to sit in the recliner and watch TV till the fire department gets here. Well, it's getting hot in here. A lot of smoke. I'm not feeling very well. Ah, the fire department will be up here. It's only a phone call away. 
The fact is the reason people own guns and still call 911 when they need police, uh, Mr. Winnie Arms, is this. It's your personal responsibility, A, to defend yourself, to protect your family, protect yourself, protect your loved ones, your property. And a lot of people still believe in that, David Hogg. I know you don't. You'd rather the government still be wiping your ass, I'm sure, and checking your diapers and feeding you beech nut uh, strain squash or something. In fact, maybe you still eat baby food. Maybe that's why your arms are looking like that, David Hogg. Pick up something. Pick up the remote control something. Well, actually, you might want to get a spotter if you pick up the remote control with those arms. <coughs> they also, the left also, the culture of gun control more specifically, always, always questions the, uh, the manhood of anyone who goes and buys a gun or carries a gun. What do you need a gun for? Why do you have a gun? Why do you carry a gun? <laughs> a, it's none of your damn business. <clears throat> B, uh, because I want to. B, because it makes me feel safer. And D, again, none of your damn business. <clears throat> but the left can't stand that, that phrase, none of your business. Because to them, the state should be in your business, all about your business, and tell you what your business is at every facet of your life. The state will protect you. The state will raise your children, will educate your children, will do A, B, C, D, E, and the rest of the alphabet for you, and you need not take any responsibility. That's the vision of David Hawk, an all-encompassing, all-powerful state. And individualism? David Hogg doesn't get individualism. He can't grasp such a thing, I would doubt. To him... He doesn't get, doesn't grasp the idea of self-preservation, personal responsibility, things like that. He just doesn't get it. To him, the state should run you. They should tell you how to defend yourself, what you are allowed or not allowed to own. And they should punish you if you step outside those bounds. To him, because he was at a high school that got shot up. And make no mistake. The person who shot it up should have been in prison and should have been completely unable to purchase a firearm legally. Had the law enforcement, the school administrators done their damn job instead of worrying about uh, the, the high school to prison pipeline bullshit that Obama was spewing at the time. And if they were doing that, the guy would have never been able to get his hands on a gun legally. No, he probably would have still gotten his hands on the gun. And... Again, the school could have taken other measures. Maybe that kid should have been institutionalized. Yes, if you're really crazy, maybe you ought to be locked up. I know that's a crazy idea, right? Maybe if you've committed violent crimes or the police have interacted with you dozens of times, maybe maybe you shouldn't be able to go near school grounds without being arrested. And maybe the school should have had a resource officer with an actual set of testicles. And maybe the county there should have had a sheriff that uh, wanted to take some responsibility and actually be a sheriff instead of being a liberal activist. I'm just saying, maybe. But the idea of personal responsibility, that's foreign to the left. So see, you're the rogue. You're the, you're the person who's out of bounds of reality if you own a firearm. If you take responsibility for anything for yourself, they, they don't grasp anything else. You, you can't do that. You've got to, you've got to, to toe the line that the left defines for you. Or you can't be part of society because there's something wrong with you. I mean, you, you actually own a gun? That's dangerous. That's the left for you. Their world and our world are truly different. Their view of the world, their vision for society should scare the hell out of you because ultimately it, def it defines you as nothing but a piece of the, the big machinery. Talk about being a cog in the system, David Hogg, the type of, of government you want for this country, the type of law 
and disrespect and erasure of the Constitution that you desire, we'd all just be little cogs, like a gerbil in their little habitats, spinning on that wheel, maybe taking some water from that little pipe that comes down from their water container, or eating whatever the hell that food is that hamsters eat and gerbils eat. That would be us, and that'd be a good place for weenie arm. Weenie arm boy there. But again, I'd like to add one thing. You know, I was really thinking, I said, when's the last time I heard a gun owner of any sort at a gun range, gun show, gun store, anyone talking about guns and saying, man, I didn't used to feel like a man, but I bought that gun. Now I feel like a man. The only people that push that narrative are the left. Because they're trying to demonize gun owners. They're trying to other us, to use their verbiage, their language. They're trying to uh, ostracize us and make us look like we're strange. We're dangerous. We're we're always afraid. We're paranoid. We cannot be mentally stable to own guns. Personal responsibility? What's that? No. Let, let the government do it. That's the mindset of the left. And I've never heard one gun owner ever, ever say that uh, they had to go buy another gun to make themselves a man. Again, that's a figment of the left's imagination. And their imagination is pretty far out there, folks. I mean, this is left. These are the people that talk about cop killers and make excuses for them because America is supposedly racist. These are the people who say you ought to pay more in taxes. That's the way to, to rich, to being rich country is to punish success and punish differences and punish certain voices and punish certain thoughts and ideologies and to mock religion and to, and to mock the idea that parents have any voice in the education of their children. Or now the left defines that. If you're a parent that wants to be involved in the education of your child and say you want to be notified of certain materials they may be uh, being taught, instead of being informed and being part of their kid's education, that used to be praise. That used to be what, what teachers ask for. Parents need to get more involved. Well, now they are. It's, it's evil. Who are you? You're targeting trans children. You're killing people. You're denying children health care now. I believe Alabama just passed a law that said children under a certain age cannot receive any medical, quote, treatment uh, that is part of the transitioning process of, of changing your gender. Well, why would children be able to do that? Can a, can a child walk in and opt for some type of surgery by themselves or some type of medical treatment. But somehow eight, nine, ten year olds, maybe even younger, apparently it's okay to to mutilate their bodies to change their gender because someone out there wants there to be more trans people. It makes them feel better. And what the hell sacrificing a few kids, right? Besides gender's just a social construct. It's fluid. It, whatever you feel. Sick, my friends. That's what's wrong with the left. They're sick. I'm Doug Hagen. I am done for the day. I will talk to y'all Tuesday, which is the day after tomorrow. For you Florida State grads, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Just to let y'all know. I will be back uh, on Tuesday with more fun and frivolity and uh, who knows what. I haven't decided yet because I haven't read anything on Monday evening, Tuesday morning when I decide what to talk about. Thank you for your support. God bless you for listening. Anytime, morning, noon, night, you listen. I'm happy. Thank you. God bless. Remember, three golden rules of life. Go Gators. If you're left, you just ain't right. And God bless America. And also, in your prayers this week, my friends, if you pray, if you pray, pray, and pray hard, and pray in earnest. 
for for a miracle, a miracle to happen to David Hogg's arms, that they would somehow, somehow soon be able to support him picking up a fork and putting a piece of steak in his mouth. That might that might be what's wrong with the boy. He needs some good red meat. He needs to be able to to eat a good piece of red meat. Maybe even some venison that some right-wing white guy went out with a rifle or shotgun and killed during hunting season. Then he brought that deer home. He dressed it out. And yes, much of that deer still in his freezer. And he's enjoying it. I bet that would really trigger David Hogg if he were to go hunting just once. I'd, I'd pay to see that. I would pay to see that. And also, if you're a network executive for a TV station, any streaming service, whatever, great idea for a reality show for me. Only seven people in it. You have a house. You have some rules of the house. You have six uh, various races, genders, uh, six woke college-age students. And in the seventh room in the house, seventh bedroom in the house, you have a Marine drill sergeant, a retired Marine drill sergeant. And he gets a set of rules for the house. Uh, can you imagine episode one of that, the meltdowns the little wokers would have? And can you imagine the, the, shall we call it stern but fair response of the Marine drill sergeant? I'd love to see that exchange. God, I would love to see that. What did you say? Uh, call it Wokers and Sarge. Sarge and the Wokers coming this fall to a streaming service near you. Only from my mind. You see, I should be entertainment, folks. I should be getting programming for entertainment. Oh, the creativity, I tell you. It's hard being me, but it's fun. Thank you all very much. God bless you. Take care. And yes, God bless America. I'll say it again. And David, David Hogg, I am praying for your biceps and your triceps and even your forearms. You maybe give you some spinach like Popeye. <laughs> oh, olive oil, olive oil. And, and, uh, yeah, be the perfect wife for, for the little guy with little arms. It'd be so funny. Take care my friends.